Hello and welcome to Paddock Chat, a West Midlands group podcast created to keep local growers in the loop without having to leave the paddock. Each episode, we delve into topics on the farming horizon and help you in the search for the answers needed to confidently navigate the future ahead. So let's dive into today's episode. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on the information provided in this podcast. In this episode of the Paddock Chat podcast today, we're talking again with Matt Willis from Bayer Crop Science and the topic for today will be fence line strategies and how we maintain good fence line hygiene around our cropping paddocks. Fence line spraying is something that all farmers need to do as part of kind of good paddock hygiene, but also as a requirement for farm management as regulatory requirements. Matt, can you talk us through a few of the strategies that farmers currently use uh, in keeping their, trying to keep their paddock or fence lines clean? Hello, Nathan. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, it's a truly a mix of uh, strategies being used by growers across the country when it comes to fence line management. Everything ranging from very good high level control using a range of chemicals and physical strategies to those that barely do much more than going over with the mower. Um, in September <laughs> to, 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 um, to trim things up a little bit being there, there to, as things get a little bit chaotic and, and everything in between. Historically, I'd say the, the traditional strategy for controlling weeds on, on fence lines in Australian systems would involve grabbing whatever's in the shed left over from the spray program and dumping it on their fence lines with uh, their firefighter unit. So <laughs> that could be any, anything from a little bit of Roundup and throwing in a little bit of Ally or Glean or Atrazine. Atrazine is probably a big, big one and yeah, just hurling it around and, and traditionally not at the most appropriate timing uh, as you know in crop we try and get weeds when they're small fence lines generally a little bit lower on the list of priorities and by the time done seeding and early post-emergent spraying and everything else in between all of a sudden you get into about july august and think maybe i should tidy up these fence lines large weeds yeah i'm talking waist high plus uh, radish and mulla mulla and uh, roly-poly and ryegrass and cateweed and you know the drill and yeah, just spraying our our brew over that to pull it back. And of course, as we know from herbicide resistance, one of the main ways of developing resistance is applying herbicides to large weeds uh, because larger weeds are harder to kill. They can metabolise uh, herbicides much more effectively, and this leads to a, a lower effective dose rate, which can then in turn lead to resistance. And so yeah, that's where what our current strategy is with glyphosate, uh, with fence line management, and mainly glyphosate, as I said, and that has led us to the issue where we're starting to see glyphosate resistance truly in fence lines and, and moving into paddocks. Michelle Oman from the University of Western Australia does her, every, I think it's every five years, is it, Nath? Does her uh, random weed surveys. And so that's not like your targeted, oh, I think I've got a problem there. I'm going to test that paddock approach, uh, which is generally skewed towards uh, resistance. But she randomly picks paddocks, drives along the road, randomly picks paddocks. And, and I was seeing up to one in five paddocks with some form of glyphosate resistance or, or developing glyphosate resistance, which is a, is a very large number and a, a rapid increase on what she'd found in previous surveys in, in previous years. And so it's showing it is becoming more and more of an issue. And, and given that glyphosate is our most widely used herbicide in the world, um, this is a real big impact and, and something we need to be really concerned about as, as Australian growers 
and yeah, fence line management is probably contributing partly to that. Um, we know how it works with with uh, weeds populations coming off fence lines is that they'll spread their weeds in that first swath off the fence and then every year you sort of bring it further and further into the paddock as you, you go in with your, your header and, and, and well, if you've got sheep, they're, they're pretty good at spreading them as well. And before you, you know it, in a few years' time, those weed seeds and weed populations which were on the fence line have been uh, mismanaged with fence line management strategies or all of a sudden moving into the paddock. And that's where it's a real, real issue. Yeah. And it was, uh, I actually had a, a couple of fence line trials last year, sort of precursing what we're doing this year with the West Midlands group. And just uh, randomly, I think it was four sites in northern WA, and all four had a confirmed glyphosate resistance by by chance. I just I, I didn't test them until after the fence line spray had gone out, and then oh, yeah, they came back all with some form of glyphosate resistance. So it, it's, a, it's a big issue and one we need to be very mindful of. And partly that. While farmers you know, can tend to pick up whatever's in the shed, as you say, it generally tends to have a fair amount of glyphosate as, as the base chemical and, and topping up with atrazine or, or whatever else. Mm. Yeah, most people are looking for a, a knockdown product and a residual product together. Yeah. And yeah, glyphosate's generally a little bit handler friendly compared to the alternative, main alternative being paraquat. Particularly, be going out with a <laughs> a firefighter boom with chemical going everywhere. Yeah, glyphosate is generally the, the the product of choice, and then in in most cases, people are also looking for a residual product like an atrazine. Or and and recently, there have been other strategies being used with a terrain, which is a group G formioxazin, oregan, which is a group C bromacil. So there's there's options out there on top of the traditional atrazines and SUs, which have been used in the past. Oregan has issues with killing trees. Very good product, very good long residual, and in combination with glyphosate, gives good control. But the issue with that one is that you, you, you can <laughs> any trees that are along those fence lines where you're applying the bromosol, yeah, yeah they, they they generally die pretty quickly. It's quite it's quite a mobile product through the soil profile and taken up by the tree roots. Uh, yeah, down they go after a, a few months, and then terrain. Uh, Flumioxazin, yeah, a, a good product, has good knockdown as most group G slash PPOs have. Uh, issue with that is probably the residual for not quite as long as what we're after. You're probably, you're probably getting a month or so residual out of it, maybe a little bit more. Ideally, I think what you want from fence line product, and this, and there's, there's obviously in some situations certain soil types, but you probably don't want bare fence lines all throughout the year due to erosion risks. For the most part, you sort of uh, the ideal fence line control strategy is to apply a product at X time of year, ideally on bare, bare soil, so you're getting complete coverage of the soil, and then it stays bare for a complete 12 months, so when you reapply at the same time next year, um, there's, it's, it's bare, there's no weeds present. It really takes the pressure off those that knock down, and, and particularly the, the, the glyphosate in that particular situation, which then leads to um, what Bayer is uh, looking to release, or aiming, which seems to be likely to be released at the end of this year, 2023, from a good Allion. It's Indazaflam is, is a group 29, in the new new system, which is historically Group O. So you, some of you may have come across one product called Gallery, which is oxybin, which is probably the only other Group O used in Australia, uh, mostly in horticulture. But yeah, Allion, Indazaflam, is a completely different mode of action to what's been used in the crop, which is, is, is a big positive in my mind to be able to use different chemistry on your fence lines as to what you're using in your crop around it, within it. And we're seeing up to 12 months residual in some soil types, some situations, which is yeah what we're after with the fence line product, as I, as I described before. Yeah. And so this year we've got some fence line trials going in at the West Midlands Group trial site. So um, you've got some Allion 
in there, I assume, and kind of what sort of other comparisons do we have? Yeah, so in there we've got a straight glyphosate. So it was, uh, to, to, I know in, in those uh, earlier trials I, I mentioned before where we picked up the glyphosate resistance, where we used straight glyphosate and then in 3.2 litres of Roundup Ultramax. So these aren't scrimping on rates and we're getting weeds getting through that. So we'll have that in there. Um, we'll also have the Roundup Ultramax at that rate plus an Allion. The same again, the Roundup Ultramax plus a Terrain Flow, uh, another one with Uragan, another one with Atrazine, and also a treatment with Paraquat plus Allion as well. So if we do pick up some glyphosate resistance at the site there, just to compare you know, whether it's beneficial to look for an alternate knockdown partner for your residual product uh, along the fence line to get a good level of control. Now, ideally, this was a point. When did we apply that, Nath? We applied that trial in about mid-May, mid to late May. So yeah. I'd say that, yeah, ideally you want to be applying your fence line products on bare earth, which is generally around that sort of March, April period. But obviously quite busy people are with, with prepping for seeding and then the seeding process themselves. And it's, it's you know, to be able to get a spare day to go around and spray your fence lines can be tricky. So, yeah, generally it can push into June. But I, I think if we can, yeah, look at, aiming to get the offence line spread earlier when that before that big weed bulky pressure is there and then yeah it'll, it'll put more pressure which was what we want on the residual products the alternate chemistry as opposed to the roundup itself which is yeah where we're running into issues currently where we're <laughs> relying too much on the glyphosate yeah and it's been good the springfield day site this year we we just happen to have a fence line that's sitting right smack bang between the two paddocks the wheat stubble and the canola stubble that we're working on so it proved a, a good place that we can able to test some of these products. So everyone that attends a Springfield Day, we should be able to see them as they, they drive up to the site, which would be which would be good to see. So just kind of circling back around the last couple of years, have you seen any sort of trends? We've we've had a couple of good years. There's been a lot of germinations of of weeds um in, in the paddock and that how how have kind of fence line strategies gone? You know, between, say, a dry year and a, and a wetter year? Generally, the wetter years are, are better for activation of these residual chemistries. Most of them are root uptake or, or shoot uptake, which require them to be in soil solution in the soil. So to get your best out of your residual products, you want things to be wet. But that obviously generally coincide with when the weeds are coming up, but not necessarily. But yeah, from what I've seen around the place, guys that have been using terrain, they've been using Oregon or good rates of with atrazine. They're they're seeing some good, yeah, good clean fence lines. So yeah, and you can you can pick them when you, you as you know when you're driving along and you see a nice fence line, you, you can you can tell when someone's looking after them. As opposed to those that just yeah, I've seen plenty that just you know, either squirt out a little bit of Roundup or they go along with the the mower behind the tractor and, and just you know, just slash you know just slashing their fence lines which is it, it, it's ultimately not probably the best way to control the weeds uh, it certainly can be part of a strategy but i wouldn't be wanting to be relying on it. but uh, yeah no the, 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 there are growers out there that do do good jobs um with their fence line management and yeah but i, I still think we can do it better and more consistently uh, and the application process itself as i said uh, in going with a a firefighter unit or if you can get a, a a boom behind your your ute which you can spray along with about a sort of a two two and a half meter swath probably get a little bit more even application so that's probably one thing i'll look at over the next year or so looking at application processes for getting the best uh, application of these chemistries um, on the fence lines to, to get the best level of control i think that's worthy of looking a bit more uh, into it with a little bit more detail 
Yeah, and I guess that, that's uh, exactly right, making sure you've got the right product with with a good residual that's, that's being applied at the right time. So getting it in early in the season and then uh, making sure you've got your your actual application gear up to speed so that you are getting the right rate on rather than, than you know, like a, a suboptimal rate or a rate that's that high that uh, it costs a fortune. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, looking pretty promising with uh, with Allion. It'll be registered in fence lines for, as well as in horticulture along uh, in vineyards and in tree crops. So we'll know they'll be quite safe in your mallies and, and such along your fence lines and your, and your salmon gums because, yeah, uh, yeah, it's on established uh, vines. It's fine. So you're pretty confident that it won't be taking out your trees on your fence line as well. Yeah, cool. You know, I, I've actually, um, I was talking to some South African agronomists uh, earlier in the year. They were, they were visiting uh, Australia and caught up with them over a coffee and we were talking to them about fence line strategies. Over there, they've got big issues with glyphosate resistance and paraquat resistance, sometimes in the same populations. And they've put a great emphasis in making sure that their fence lines are, are clean because you know, the same thing's happening over there as here. Yeah, so they're very regimented with their fence line management over in South Africa for similar reasons for us, as us. Yep. It, it's always been, a, a in the past, has been a big nursery for weeds. And, and as we know, we you know, we do know they get into the paddock and, and can move easy, as you said. So making sure we've got them under control is, is the best way to go for both fence lines and keeping things clean and reducing fire hazards, but also you know, making sure that, crop management inside the paddock is is easier as well so mm. thanks matt for a, a nice quick short and sharp kind of update on where we're at with fence line strategies and products and options and we even touched you know a fair way around in terms of application as well and successful strategies going forward so thanks for joining us yeah welcome nath i'll make sure to see everyone around at the uh, some point during the springfield day or proceeding walk so, yes, Springfield Day will be on the 19th of September and the site is at Valieri this year. So we look forward to seeing everyone there. Indeed. Catch you later, Nath. Thanks for listening to this episode. Our members are an essential part of why we do what we do. For more information, including how to become a member, visit our website where you can sign up at any time. Links can be found in the show notes. See you next time for some more paddock chat. Local knowledge from a paddock near you.